0: Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin, where I started out looking at every Prime Minister in Canadian history, and we're right in the middle of every opposition leader who never became Prime Minister, but we took a break from that, because an election was called. So right now I'm doing 36 election episodes in a row, to coincide with our 36-day election period. If you want to support the podcast, you can, for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking Donate. Don't forget, I have three other podcasts out there. Canadian History X, which releases every Wednesday and Saturday. Canada's Great War, which releases every single Sunday. And Coast to Coast, which releases every single Thursday. I do all of these full time. The writing, the research, everything. I do it every day, all day. And it's a lot of work. So any dollars you give help keep it all going. And I'll make sure to thank you on the air and throughout my social media. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is craigbaird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at bairdo37. The first election of the 21st century would be the last for some, the first for others, and its result would shape the coming years of the new century. Only three years after winning the 1997 election by a razor-thin margin for a majority, Liberal leader Jean Chrétien decided to call a new election. This election call, well before the five-year mandate, came about for several reasons. First, there was the hope to stem the tide of the growing popularity of the new Canadian Alliance Party. The Reform Party had been the official opposition after the 1997 election, and in the hope of connecting the East and West, Preston Manning proposed a merger of the Reform and some Progressive Conservatives, including the party's only Ontario MP. This would result in the United Alternative in 1998, which became the Canadian Alliance Party soon after. Preston Manning was then out as leader, replaced by Stockwell Day on July 8, 2000. Second, there was a growing disconnect in the Liberal Party, and the party was splitting with those who supported Paul Martin, the Federal Finance Minister, and Prime Minister Chrétien. Third, Pierre Elliott Trudeau had recently passed away from prostate cancer, and the election call would play on the nostalgia created by the death. At the same time, the Canadian economy was going strong and there were few negative issues impacting the Liberals. Good evening. The brief
1: political truce prompted by the death of Pierre Trudeau ended today in Parliament. MPs who'd been at the funeral in Montreal returned to the House of Commons and picked up where they left off last week, bantering over the prospect of a fall election. The Prime Minister did nothing to dampen the speculation. In fact, he gave a strong hint as to its possible timing. More now from our chief political correspondent... Jason Moskowitz.
2: As of this morning, there were really only two logical election dates, a call on October the 15th for a vote on November the 20th, or one week later for November the 27th. Today Prime Minister Chrétien ruled out the first one when he told the House of Commons MPs will still be at work on October the 17th. I will tell you that we'll be sitting on the 17th of October. Yeah. That's when the Auditor-General is due to table his report on the controversy over government spending in the Human Resources Department.
0: I'd like to ask the Prime Minister, will he guarantee that the public will see
2: the report before he calls an election, yes or no? Of course, she's been in the House. She does not know when the Prime Minister said that we will be sitting. It's here. I won't be sitting on her lap. I will be here. So while there will be no election on November the 20th, The Prime Minister would not rule out one week later on the 27th. You know, I'm looking at the situation on a daily basis and we'll see. Opposition members wonder if waiting another week is simply the Liberals trying to put a little more distance between an election and the death of Pierre Trudeau. For the record, they are all saying they don't believe the Liberals would try to exploit the outpouring of affection for Trudeau in an election campaign.
3: I don't think anyone would uh, uh, want to be accused of trying to uh, uh, profit politically from the uh, respect that was shown for the late minister. But you do know the Liberals, you haven't dealt with them. And I know the Canadian public and I think that uh, they would find that to be uh, quite, uh, quite unacceptable. That
0: question doesn't interest me very much. I think the issue is whether the Liberals are fit to govern, prepared to govern.
3: I think if Mr. Chrétien encourages people to vote for parties or individuals that are courageous And have convictions and believe in things, I don't think that's opportunistic.
2: Jean Chrétien has promised his campaign will center liberal values, so it's hard to imagine that Pierre Trudeau would not become an intrinsic part of the liberal drive for re-election. Jason Moskowitz, CBC News, Ottawa.
0: Just prior to the election, the party was polling at 50%, 12 points higher than the next closest party. When the election was called, the Liberals were doing well in the polls thanks to the ending of the federal deficit, creating new environmental regulations, and increasing spending on social programs that had begun in 1998 when the surplus was achieved. Payouts for health and education to the provinces also increased from $15.5 billion to $18.3 billion. In the week prior to the election call, the Liberals went on a $2.25 billion spending spree, according to the Canadian Taxpayer Federation. Calculated at spending $223,060 a minute, money went to infrastructure agreements in Ontario and Quebec, $500 million to help Toronto's bid for the 2008 Olympics, and develop its waterfront and money for the East Coast shipbuilders and Western farmers. By the time the election campaign reached November 2nd, the Liberals had promised $6.6 billion in spending. The Liberals would focus most of their campaign on attacking the Canadian Alliance. While focusing on winning every seat in Ontario, more seats in Quebec, and making inroads in Atlantic Canada, since the West belonged to primarily the Canadian Alliance. The lack of focus on the West would be seen in the fact that Chrétien spent only nine days in the West, including only two stops in Alberta. Chrétien would state at the start of the campaign quote, This election offers two very different visions of Canada, two crystal clear alternatives. The nature of that choice is clear, and the fight time to choose is now. On the Canadian Alliance side of things, the hope of the party was the media friendly image of Stockwell Day, who was the new leader, and they were hoping that would appeal to Ontario voters. The platform document would feature pictures of Day jogging, lacing up skates, and other activities, giving him the image of a younger man, compared to the image of Chrétien, who was 66 years old at the time. Even press tags issued to the media had Day's image on them. One Alliance party member would state, quote, It looked like a vanity campaign that was all about image and little substance, end quote. This image was seen in the infamous press conference in which Day arrived at a press conference on the shores of Lake Okanagan on a jet ski. The incident was mocked in Parliament, with Joe Clark stating that the Canadian Alliance should rename itself as the Costume Party. The party would campaign on cutting taxes, ending the federal gun registration program, and a focus on family values. One criticism levied at the party's platform was the introduction of a two tier health care program, as well as threatening of protections for gay rights and abortion rights. Alexa McDonough, the leader of the NDP, would attack the abortion rights issue by stating, quote, I think it's reprehensible. I think it's cowardly. I think it shows that he has absolutely no understanding of the issues of reproductive choice, of what it means to say that a woman should have the right to control their own bodies. End quote. The party, like the Reform Party before it, Would also have issues with statements by some candidates. Betty Granger would abandon her run for parliament in Winnipeg after she made statements about an Asian invasion. Another individual, Kevin Nightingale, was an Alliance candidate in Toronto and he described on TV his homosexual political opponent as a deviant. There would be other moments of stumbling for the campaign and Day. One was when Day stated that the Niagara River ran south out of Canada when it in fact runs the opposite direction. Day would make light of it, stating in one speech, quote, The geese are flying north. The Canadian alliance can turn almost anything around, folks. End quote.
1: Stockwell Day took his campaign deep into southern Ontario today, all the way to Niagara Falls. The alliance leader travelled to the U.S. border in an effort to hammer the Liberals and their economic policies. But as Eric Sorensen reports, Day found himself fighting an upstream battle at one point.
3: Yeah, someone asked me uh, about the
1: wetsuit. Wasn't great. Seal over that. for someone who likes photo ops it doesn't get any better than this <laughs> sure. but for the second day in a row things didn't quite work for Stockwell Day yesterday Day decried the so called brain drain south to the US but picked a high tech company that's actually hiring Americans to come north today he used the Niagara River as a backdrop to try to make his point again
3: just as Lake Erie drains north to south there is an ongoing drain in terms of our young people who leave the country. Oops, Lake Erie drains from south to north, and until
1: Niagara Falls starts rising, the analogy isn't going to be very effective.
3: We will check the uh, record. If uh, somebody has wrongly informed me about the flow of this particular water, then uh, I'll be having a pretty uh, uh, interesting discussion. Ontario's geography may not be an election issue,
1: but it's critical territory to the Canadian Alliance. Day has spent his first two days campaigning here, trying to get the better of his two main foes, the one he attacks The one he ignores.
3: Jerking around the public like we're yo-yos on the end of a string. That's what the Prime Minister has been doing.
1: Day criticizes Jean Chrétien and the Liberals over and over again in every
3: speech. And you don't even hear the words, I'm sorry, from the government. But he never mentions Joe Clark and the Tories. I I don't have the time, as I said, to deal with all the inaccuracy of the Liberals or to talk about all the uh, uh, policies of the other parties.
1: Yet in dozens of ridings in Ontario, the Tories and the Alliance are competing for many of the same
3: voters. I have been a supporter of the Tories for some time, except now we're all very confused. Good to see you again.
1: Ben Harder is seeking an Alliance nomination in the Niagara area and concedes the Tories cannot be taken lightly because of the potential for splitting small-c conservative voters again.
4: That's a risk always. You have, I think, at this point,
1: some very hardcore Tories. That probably will vote Tory regardless. That's what Bonnie Brown hopes. She's the Liberal incumbent in Oakville, and she's worried that Stockwell Day and the Alliance may be gaining in Ontario.
3: There will be some ridings where he'll probably be successful. Um, I don't predict that Oakville will be one of them.
1: Good job, if the Alliance is actually emerging as the main alternative to the Liberals in Ontario, it may explain Day's strategy: ignore the Tories, and perhaps Ontario voters will too. Eric Sorensen, CBC News, St. Catharines, Ontario.
0: The most damning gaffe for his campaign was when it was revealed that during a speech at Red Deer College, Day had stated he believed the world was only 6,000 years old and that humans and dinosaurs had coexisted. And while most considered religion out of bounds in an election campaign, Ontario Premier David Peterson would question his intelligence over the matter. This would hurt Day in several Ontario writings and he was widely mocked in the media. Warren Kinsella, a Liberal Party member, would state that Day thought the Flintstones was a documentary. Day would shoot back over the matter stating, quote, There is scientific support for both creationism and evolution. I don't think I should have to debate the interpretation of Genesis any more than I would expect Jean Chrétien or Joe Clark to debate Catholic teaching on transubstantiation or the Immaculate Conception, End quote. All of us in public life have to be judged by what we believe, what we do, how we perform. When you choose to go into public life, it is full immersion and you have to accept the consequences of that, End quote. Day would also use Ordinary Day by Great Big C at a campaign rally without permission, and the band would demand he stop using the song for campaign purposes. At one point on the campaign trail, an activist splashed two litres of chocolate milk on Day from the front of the stage during a speech to protest what he saw as homophobic comments by Day, as well as an anti-immigrant and anti-poor agenda. Mary Walsh of This Hour Has 22 Minutes would later offer Day chocolate milk, stating, quote, All they had was homo, and I knew you wouldn't like that. End quote. In one incident at Carleton University, student protesters disrupted Day's speech to the point where he had to slip out a back door with a bodyguard and get into another car to escape the throng of protesters. The alliance would also put forward direct democracy proposals during the campaign. This would require a referendum on any proposal if 3% of Canadians signed a petition, which was about 350,000 people. This would be satirized by Rick Mercer on this hour as 22 minutes, when he proposed a petition for a referendum that demanded Day change his first name to Doris.
4: As we all know, Canada is a land of many different types of people. However, as Canadians, I think there's one thing we can all agree on, and that's this. That Stockwell Day has lots of good ideas. I think his best idea is his proposed referendum legislation. Basically, if any group of Canadians presents a petition with 350,000 names on it, or 3% of the electorate and the alliance forms the government, they will hold a referendum. Now, sure, critics point out that this type of legislation will the country apart. That it will drive the government into bankruptcy as we face referendum after referendum. Well, while this may be true, it doesn't change this simple fact that if Stockwell does it, we here at 22 minutes would enjoy it. <laughs> so in preparation for an alliance majority government, we are asking our viewers to take part in an exercise in democracy. We are asking you to sign a petition that you will find at 22minutes.com. There are one million Canadians watching right now. All we need is 350,000 signatures. If we make it, the 22-minute referendum will become a reality. Now, the petition simply states, we demand that the government of Canada force Stockwell Day to change his first name to Doris. Now, any time there's a national referendum, yes, it costs about $150 million, but I think I speak for all taxpayers when I say it's worth every penny. So please, log on now, or tomorrow at work, especially if it worked for the government. And let's help force Stockwell Day to change his name to Doris Day. Why, you may ask?
0: Because it'll be fun. The petition received 370,000 signatures before long, reaching the required threshold, before long, there was over 1 million signatures. By November 3rd, polls showed that the alliance was beginning to close in on the Liberals, polling at 29% while the Liberals had 42%. The Bloc Québécois went into the election hoping to win over the previous supporters of the Progressive Conservatives. Unfortunately, the party was at a low point in popularity due to the provincial Party Québécois decision to merge communities around Quebec City into one community. Another problem was the 177-page platform that was criticized for being too large. Few copies were distributed, and even online it was barely accessed. To combat this, the party produced many small booklets that outlined the policies in the larger platform, but again, people showed little interest in this. The New Democratic Party had seen its provincial counterparts in British Columbia and Saskatchewan sag in popularity, and that would translate to a lack of support for the Federal Party. Throughout the campaign, the party would receive little in the way of media attention, with the media focusing on the Canadian Alliance instead and the new leader of the Progressive Conservatives. The platform for the party would focus on protecting Medicare while attacking the tax cuts for the wealthy made by the Liberals. The Progressive Conservatives hoped to improve on the gains from the 1997 election. and Jean Charest had left as leader and he would be replaced by someone from the glory days of the past, Joe Clark. Clark, who led the party to an election win in 1979, would become the leader of the party again in 1998. The party would launch several negative ads, including one called Chrétien's 101 Greatest Lies. Overall, though, the party attacked Day for the most part, but a lack of funds prevented the progressive Conservatives from really making inroads nationally. The party also attacked the Clarity Act, which had been passed in March of 2000, which would make it much more difficult for any province to leave Canada preventing a situation that nearly happened with the Quebec referendum in 1995. I used to live in Calgary and I was living in Calgary around the time of this election and I actually came across Joe Clark twice. Once when he was going to a campaign event at the Calgary Public Library and once while we were standing on the corner waiting to cross the street and he just happened to be standing next to me. Even with his name recognition though, Clark sometimes did not get a great reception in his own riding, which was Calgary Central. During an all candidates debate, dozens in the audience yelled out, Joe who, mocking the phrase used against him from the 1970s, and Joe has been. At one point, he would yell, quote, You can't shout me down. End quote. After the event, he would shrug it off, stating, quote, I've been in rowdier crowds. End quote. While unemployment and the economy had been the major issues for Canadians for decades, in 2000, health care would become the most important issue for Canadians in the campaign. At the French debate, many were surprised at Day's awkward French as well. Previously, the Canadian Alliance had touted Day's fluency in French, which did not seem to be the case. The news would state that Clark won the debate, while Day was Mr. Invisible. During the English-language debate, Day would come out with a handcrafted sign that read no two-tier health care to counter claims that the party would bring in the proposal if elected. Party strategists had tried to convince Day not to take out the sign, stating it violated debate rules. Clark, a seasoned veteran of politics, would state that Day was, quote, trying out for the position of game show host, end quote.
1: Earlier, Day was upbeat, clearly believing he was the winner of last night's debate. Anybody watch TV last night? Anybody? uh... Day's convinced he dealt a blow to Jean Chrétien, and he hopes he's convinced Canadians once and for all his party doesn't support two tier medicine in Canada.
3: No two tiered health care. I even tried to hold it up last night for him. We think he's getting the message. And I'll say it again. In the
1: whole Day's flair for the dramatic and his willingness to flout no the rules of the debate no, ensured a memorable moment. He Day held up a right sign, now, then walked directly towards the Prime Minister to ask him to ask back to off along. allegations would the Alliance supports the two-tier, two-tier health care. Answer, answer the question. To make sure of the
2: line, answer the question, two-tier. sir.
1: You Thirteen answer answer times Day implored Chrétien to answer the question. It didn't help Day's cause that the other leaders are also telling Canadians the Alliance would move the country towards two-tier health care.
3: two-tier is here. that allowed the Reform Party uh, to come forward with its proposal for two-tier health system.
1: As for seeking an unfair advantage in the debate, Day says that was no prop he used, it was just part of his notes.
3: I respected the rules and uh, I I showed my notes to the Prime Minister at one point because uh, he obviously doesn't seem to get the picture that people want truth in this campaign.
0: Even with the sign, many felt that Day did rebound from the French debate the previous night. By November 16th, over a week before the election, the polls had the Liberals cruising to a third majority with a 20-point lead over the alliance. But Kretchan would suffer a gaffe days before the election while in New Brunswick. He would state, quote, I like to do politics with people from the East. Joe Clark and Stockwell Day are from Alberta. They are a different type, End quote. As the crowd laughed, Kretchan would state he was joking, then pause and say he was serious. In the West, it caused an uproar and the Liberals would poll at 39% soon after. Chrétien would be forced to apologize days later. The campaign had been more negative than usual, with each party attacking other parties heavily. This would cause the impact of 20% of voters being undecided on who to vote for. Conrad Wynne, the president of the polling company, would state, This has been a textbook campaign. Negative campaigning has succeeded in alienating the electorate. The campaign was described as one of the meanest and slimiest in recent memory. During the campaign, Stockwell Day had been called a cockroach by Alexa McDonough and a liar by Chrétien. Day would in return call Chrétien a crook, while Clark would attack both Day and Chrétien with various name calling. Chrétien was often attacked for his age and the scandals that were beginning to plague the party as well. In the November 27, 2000 election, the Liberals gained a solid majority of 172 seats thanks to an 11-seat increase from the previous election. The Canadian Alliance also gained seats, six in total, to finish with 66 and remain as the official opposition. The Bloc would lose another six seats, continuing its slide, finishing with 44 seats. The new Democratic Party would drop six seats as well, finishing with 13, while the Progressive Conservatives fell 3 to 12, but still retain their official party status.
5: The trend started early in Atlantic Canada, where the Liberals increased their 11 seats to 19, led, some say, by the man making a comeback on the federal stage Brian Tobin. The Liberal Party has had a great victory all across Atlantic Canada tonight. It was a victory that came at the expense of the New Democrats. Their leader, Alexa McDonough, was one of just four NDP candidates elected in the region. And as results poured in from across central Canada, the outcome became clear. The Liberals will form a majority government. Once again, the Liberals can thank Ontario for the bulk of their support. Candidates there repeated their near sweep of 1997, including party heavyweights like Alan Rock. Welcome to an historic evening. For the
4: Prime Minister, it's a three-peat.
5: And in Quebec, a province where sovereignists waged a bitter and sometimes personal campaign against Jean Chrétien, the Liberals still picked up seats. (laughs) But the liberal advance was stalled as Western voters made their voices heard. As expected, the Canadian Alliance and Stockwell Day took the lion's share of seats in Alberta, Saskatchewan, and British Columbia. And even as he conceded defeat, a defiant day promised supporters he will continue to lead the party and grow stronger.
3: We continue to be, and now are in an increased way, the federal alternative for those who would choose another form of government and we will work towards that towards the next federal election. Yeah.
5: In fact, all the leaders claimed success tonight.
4: Yeah. It just began. Yeah.
5: Joe Clark because he won his seat in Calgary and held on to official party status for the Conservatives. Now
3: tonight, the Progressive Conservative Party has shown that we are an essential force in Canadian politics. Yeah.
5: Alexa McDonough had similar reasons to be satisfied.
0: We'll of course miss those who weren't elected, uh, but we're going back with official party status.
5: The Bloc Québécois hoped to pick up seats in Quebec. In the end, it looks like they lost a few, but leader Gilles Duceppe was still upbeat.
4: We'll be there proudly to represent those people to fight for social justice and also to make the light on all the scandals that affected the Liberal government.
5: But there was no doubt who the biggest winner was
2: tonight. Tonight, the people of Canada are renewed their confidence in our program, in our team, and in my leadership.
5: It's a leadership many called tired, an election many called unnecessary. But now, Chrétien will return to Ottawa with an even bigger majority than he had in 1997. Daryl McIntyre, CBC News, Toronto.
0: The third majority in a row was achieved for the first time since William Lyon Mackenzie King accomplished the same feat during the Second World War. The Canadian Alliance took the vast majority of seats in Western Canada, from British Columbia to Manitoba, where the Liberals only took 14 seats total. In Ontario, the Liberals once again dominated, winning 100 of 103 seats. And in Quebec, the Canadian Alliance was completely shut out as the Liberals picked up 36 seats and the bloc picked up 38. The Liberals would also take the majority of seats in the Maritimes, including every seat in Prince Edward Island and Newfoundland. Upon the loss, Day would state, quote, The message to us is not yet, not this time. Chrétien, happy to have achieved another majority, would state, quote, Welcome to the new millennium. We are at the end of a hard fought campaign, a campaign that frankly was often too negative and far too personal. The Canadian people now expect all of us to carry out our responsibilities in accordance with long-standing Canadian values of tolerance, openness, civility, generosity, and inclusion. That I will do. Clark, who had just finished his first election campaign as leader since 1980, would state quote, I've become a realist about these things and I've done everything I can do, End quote. This would be the last election until 2011 to result in a majority government. It was also the only election that would be contested by the Canadian Alliance and it was the last election that the Progressive Conservative Party would take part in. Existing since 1942, the party had reached huge heights in the 1950s and 1980s, but it could not recover from its 1993 loss. In the end, it would merge with the Canadian Alliance, creating the Conservative Party of Canada in 2003. The election would have a voter turnout of only 61.3%, the lowest in Canadian history to that time, and the first time voter turnout had fallen below 62% since 1896. Today, it ranks as the fifth lowest turnout in history. Due to this election and the decision to call an early election date, Stephen Harper, when he became Prime Minister years later, would introduce fixed-date elections. I hope you enjoyed that episode and my look at the 2000 election. Tomorrow, we're looking at the 2004 election. Now, I'm doing these things 36 days in a row, as I've mentioned, and it's a lot of work. I'm working every day trying to get these out, and I hope you enjoy them. And I'm also putting out my other podcast episodes, so working pretty hard. So if you want to support the podcast, please do. Just saying something on social media can truly make my day. If you like, you can email me at craig at You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. Again, if you like, you can support the podcast through Patreon. Just go to patreon.com CanadaEHX. You can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking Donate. And I'd like to say thank you to all of my wonderful patrons. And if I mispronounce any names, I do apologize. Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rois, Luke Guess, JP Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from Canadian Encyclopedia, iPolitics, Wikipedia, Maclean's Dynasties and Interludes, and The Ottawa Citizen. Thanks. All right,
2: guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. (laughs) For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.